I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. It has begun. We put Bo on basketball season yesterday and today and a bunch of All-State awards and All-American honors and all of it rolling out, and uh, you know what that means? It means it's portal season. <laughs> it's funny because when this transfer portal transfer portal phenomenon first began, it's now ESPN Radio. I hear on 102.9 FM in Western Montana, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MTF. When when the global pandemic threatened to shut down sports as we know it, and I think that looking back on it, we were, uh, I don't even know, I don't even want to go down that road. Regardless, the pandemic put sports in a state of disarray, especially college sports. It also then made for all these crazy, wonky transfer rules. There's a day coming in the future. It seems like it's forever away, but there is a day coming in the future where athletes will go back to playing college sports for four or five years <laughs> instead of six, seven. And I don't fault any of these young people for doing this. If you're getting a great education, you're getting multiple degrees, you're getting a chance to play out your dreams, that's great. I do think there's a part of it where the finality of it is sort of the point of it. Like having it come to an end, even if it's in completely horrific fashion, a completely tragic fashion, that's part of the point of all of this. Like that's what you're supposed to learn from it is how do you learn from the adversity? How do you triumph over the adversity? Anyways, the portal will certainly be more active for the Grizz, the Cats, and uh, everybody in the big sky now that the season is now over for most, all but, all but 16 teams, basically, on men's and women's sides. It's just like the coaching carousel. This is the time of year that heats up as well. But we do have some entries. Nick Gazalis of Montana State men's basketball is into the portal as of today. He's got one season remaining. Lionel Martin from the Grizz basketball team, he hit the portal last week. And a couple entries, this is per the Missoulian, um, from the Lady Grizz basketball team. Willa Albrecht, who's a former Billings West standout, who uh, played just 24 minutes this last season for the Lady Grizz, as well as Lisa Kiefer, who is a sophomore like Albrecht, uh, who hails from Germany. She uh, scored 28 points to grab 43 rebounds this last year. Uh, she suffered uh, what looked like a pretty devastating knee injury toward the end of the year. So... Uh, Will Albrecht, Lisa Kiefer, into the portal for the Lady Grizz as well. So we'll keep you up to date of uh, all the portal movements. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people have started to realize as well is that, you know, I've talked about this. I've ranted about this a lot on this show, actually. 
And if you missed anything in the first hour of this show, we gave you our AA All-State list, some of our finalists for our Vertical Rays Players of the Year in AA and A basketball. We had our Treasure State Stars, and we also talked a little college track, all of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, I've ranted about this a lot because I think that as with almost everything that we talk about around here and almost everything we talk about in life, there's more nuance and there's more broad detail than is a lot of times uh, given credence to. A lot of times I hear the, the sort of the narrative, the outcry. Young people these days, they don't know how to stick it out. The transfer portal's ruining everything. Transferring is more prevalent than it's ever been. Well, first of all, I actually don't think that transferring is that much more prevalent. I think it's just easier. I also think we just track it at a higher level because now, you know, like Nick Gazelas to hit the portal, great, I just retweeted it. Sort of like seven other reporters. Now all of a sudden thousands of people know this news instantly. Whereas, you know, 25 years ago, you probably wouldn't have known Nick Gazelas, who's, a you know, a reserve player at Montana State, probably played 10 minutes a game. You probably wouldn't have known that he wasn't on the Cats anymore until you went down to Brick Breeden Fieldhouse for the first game of the year next year. You know, maybe it was reported in the paper or whatever, but I just think that the news is more widely reported. It's more instantaneous. Uh, we just have a bigger exposure on all this stuff. And uh, I, I don't, still don't think it's this. Con- this incredible catastrophe that's ruining college sports. I do think it got a little bit wonky in men's Division One college basketball for a hot minute. But again, I think there's been a, a, probably more roster overturn than we than we knew for a lot longer than we wanted to give credit for it. We just have more knowledge on it. A conversation for a different day, though, because I got a whole bunch of other stuff I want to talk about. First of all. The ratings for the World Baseball Classic uh, are out. The World Baseball Classic, recent uh, in the last week or two, has been getting like between a two and a two point five rating. So that means a couple million. It's usually a, a pretty linear in terms of how many millions, but like a two point five rating means about two point five to three million people are watching that given game in America. It's pretty impressive. Also, though, they did ratings for Japan, and about sixty five million people per game are watching these games. So it's certainly even more f- popular on an, an international level. And uh, it just got me thinking as I continue to battle with my my uh, torrid and oftentimes very cold love affair with baseball. Um, I, I just I, I think that Major League Baseball is making all these changes to uh, expedite the game. And I think that's the one of the things about baseball that uh, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that those changes are going to make baseball more popular to the average American sports fan. I think things that would make baseball more popular is if the games had bigger meaning. I think that that's why you see more people watching this World Baseball Classic because you see a, a greater meaning. You see a representation for a country, an international competition, you see all these great American players playing with each other. Sometimes they run into teams from the Netherlands and Great Britain who have no Major League Baseball talent, and it's just this unbelievable mismatch, which then in turn also is entertaining because it just reaffirms how elite the Major League guys are. So I don't know. I just continue to think about 
what would make me like want to sit down and watch baseball every night? And what would make any average given American sports fan want to sit down and watch baseball every night? And I, I think that there's just a long list of things that have contributed to the, the, the lessening of popularity of baseball. And I think that the game being slow and tedious, it's on the list, but I don't think it's the absolute number one reason why people have gravitated away from baseball. Andrew, what do you think? Why are pe- more people watching the World Baseball Classic? Uh, I think for exactly the reason that you noted, right? Like, all these games mean something. Uh, yeah. it, it's like I read a great article or actually earlier today comparing it to the NCAA tournament, which is going on at the same time, right? You don't expect the U.S. or Japan, and in fact, the U.S. and Japan are playing tonight in the championship game to go out in the early rounds. But, Colter, you got to remember, the betting favorite going into this tournament was the Dominican Republic. They didn't even make it to the Final Four. So I think that a lot of people are, are more apt to tune in when one game can mean so much. And I think also... You know, I think every baseball fan around is watching this, which might which might juice the numbers a little bit because they've been so starved during the off season. This That's, is the yeah. first first taste of real baseball. And, and uh, all the nerds that love uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training now they get real baseball to watch. Well, and not even those people. It's the people who like watching real baseball during the summer, yeah. but don't really care about pitchers and catchers reporting and don't really care about the minutia of updates that are coming out of spring training because yeah. they know that those don't mean anything. But you like watching baseball, and you like the idea of the all-star teams, uh, you know, the national teams, which are really all-star teams. What's it like to see a lineup with all of these players in it? What's it like to see a number of the Japanese players who haven't come over to Major League Baseball yet play against Major League Baseball players? I think there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, that's right. We were talking about it at lunch today, too, and I think that uh, another part of it is in this format – you know that there's a baseball game on. There's this international competition, a baseball game that you're going to watch. It's not fragmented where there's, you know, 16, how many how many baseball games are on in a given night uh, with all these streaming networks, right? It, it, 15, 15, usually, yeah. 15 every night, right? And so no one is getting 3 million viewers, but there's probably certainly 3 million plus, if not way more than that, viewers between the 15 They're games. They're all just tuning right? into this one game. The Yankees fans and the Cardinals fans and the Cubs fans and the Mariners fans are all watching the American team in the World Baseball Classic as opposed to all watching their own teams not play against each other when it's the regular season. I don't know. I just was thinking about uh, some of these these ratings because it just, it, it's just fun to, to hash out. Uh, let's transition into then... Uh, the NFL, there's been all sorts of off-season news uh, as of late, and none of it has really moved the needle that much for me. I, I kind of just assumed that Aaron Rodgers was going to go to the Jets. I stand by my rant from last week, though. I am still unsure if Aaron Rodgers is actually good still. I think he's good, but is he good enough? I mean... There's a lot of guys that are just pretty okay good. Like, I think Dak Prescott's good. I hate Kirk Cousins, but I think he's good. But good is not good enough, and having a good quarterback is actually sometimes terrible because very very often, if you need the quarterback to win you the playoff games, if your guy isn't elite, then you're stuck. And having a guy that's just going to barely get you to the break of the playoffs a la Kirk Cousins, a la Derek Carr, a la whoever, 
but can't actually do anything to to get you over the top in the playoffs. It's the worst situation you could be in in the NFL because then you're also disqualified. You're gonna you know you're gonna run down this road where you're gonna be faced with this ultimate ultimatum where you're gonna have to pay a guy an unbelievable amount of money and probably likely way more money than he's actually worth or deserves. Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones just got a fat contract. I, I was gonna say. I mean, uh, Lord willing, the, the New York Giants are now in this situation. Yeah, I mean, That'd Gi- be great. New York Giants are going to do this. Jalen Hurts could get you over the top. If you pay Jalen Hurts, you've got a future. You can be in contention for at least a conference championship for a couple of years, not with guys like Daniel Jones. And so I, I just I don't know how much Aaron Rodgers moves the needle. Uh, one thing about the Jets is that they do a very talented young roster. I don't know what I think of their offensive line, but they have great young offensive skill players led by Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. They have a phenomenal defense. I mean, Quinn Williams is one of the best interior guys in the in the NFL. Sauce Gardner is absolutely going to be a star at corner. You know, C.J. Mosley, one of the most proven inside linebackers in the league. So they got elite players all three levels of their defense. So that part's short up. So maybe Rodgers can just be good, and that would be great for the Jets. Also, though, it's a different scenario because the Jets have been in the playoffs, what, like twice in the last 25 years? I mean, they haven't been any sort of good. So even just... Getting to the playoffs would be good for the Jets. So we'll see. We'll wait and see on that. The other two big quarterback moves, though, are Jimmy Garoppolo going from San Francisco to the Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr going from Vegas to the Saints. Neither of these move the needle for me either. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is that exact litmus test. The 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 lovers of Jimmy Garoppolo, they talk about his overall record and the fact that he has won playoff games. But the haters say... Well, Jimmy Garoppolo was just in the right place at the right time. He just happened to be the quarterback for one of the best teams in the NFL for the duration of his career. He didn't screw it up. Okay, congratulations to him. He also didn't get you over the top. If the Niners thought that Jimmy Garoppolo could have got him over the top, they wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance. So, uh, you know, and, and they wouldn't have let Jimmy Garoppolo live in this purgatory where he's on the waiver wire and then he's back in and then he's hurt and then all of a sudden it's Brock Purdy's show and all the way down the line. But it's funny that the Raiders brought in Jimmy Garoppolo because... Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are the exact two guys that I think are this exact barometer. Like, that's my litmus test. It's Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. All four of those guys are pretty good. If those four guys are your quarterback, you're stuck. You're stuck at eight wins. You're maybe stuck at nine wins. Best case scenario, maybe you win 10. You're not winning the Super Bowl. You're just not. You're not beating Patrick Mahomes. You're not beating Joe Burrow. You're not beating, you know, insert name here. So, uh, I don't know. I don't think either one of these moved the needle. I mean, Derek Carr, I guess you could at least say, is better than anybody that the Saints had. But Jimmy G stepping in for Derek Carr in Las Vegas is just a complete wash to me. I mean, those guys are just completely... Uh, they're completely tradable, right? They're just completely the exact same thing, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if you would say that Derek Carr is better than because the Saints have Jameis Winston. Well, right, they're bringing him back. I just feel like those guys are all in a class like that. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers moves the needle potentially, uh, but all of those guys. I mean, the, the Saints are interesting because the Saints are just they're just trying to hang on to the contention. You know, they're they're always overcapped. Uh, they're always trying to to move money into the future so they they can get under the cap so they can sign guys because they haven't yet moved on and done the reset 
from the Sean Payton Drew Brees area. They're trying not to be bad. Well, the NFL doesn't really work like that because it's a cap league. Uh, if you build up a contender, eventually the bill's going to come due for that. So they're interested. And this is their last roll of the dice here with Derek Carr. Well, it's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and our ESPN MT app. We are back in studio. Thanks to our awesome sponsors who helped send us on the road for several different weeks. We spent uh, almost a week in Boise, Idaho. We spent a weekend in Butte, Montana. And then Andrew spent a half a week in Greensboro, North Carolina, all part of our tur- tournament takeover. What do Missoulians do best? They support their local stores. And Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug, they help support us during our tournament takeover. Come support your local pharmacies by visiting Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug. Palmer's Drug is a retail and compounding pharmacy that is the alternative to big box chain pharmacies. And at Lolo Drug, your neighborhood pharmacy there, Lolo, they will always know your name. They're friendly, great service. So swing by either of these two awesome local pharmacies. Palmer's Drug, located at 918 Southwest Higgins in Missoula. And Lolo Drug, located right there on Glacier Drive, right when you get into Lolo. Appreciate Palmer's Drug and Lolo Drug. Come in and discover how local pharmacy can serve all your pharmaceutical needs. A couple other things before we get into some heavy NBA talk. First of all, we mentioned Sophia Styles in our Treasure State Stars. And uh, you know, I always felt for Sophia Styles when she was at, with the Montana Lady Grizz because sometimes things in life are just affected by timing that you have nothing to do with. Sophia Styles was the latest, greatest player for Malta, and Malta has produced as many per capita outstanding Division I basketball players for girls' hoops as any town in Montana. I mean, I think there's been seven or eight, you know, all big sky caliber Lady Grizz that hailed from Malta, Montana. Styles was the latest of those, and she grew up idolizing all of those gals who came ahead of her, and it was just like a foregone conclusion that she was going to go to the Lady Grizz after she was two-time Montana Gatorade Player of the Year up in Malta. And she just happened to play at a time that was just full of tumult and drama and instability. Uh, it, the, you know, you never can, you never can extrapolate these, these premonitions to, or these... these uh, scenarios too deeply, but I always thought that the two gals that would have benefited the most from playing for Robin Selvig with the Lady Grizz would have been Mackenzie Johnston and Sophia Stiles. Well, Stiles, though, she got an opportunity to go have a hell of a last year. She transferred to Florida Gulf Coast. Living on the beach doesn't sound half bad when you lived in Montana your whole life. And, uh, she also joined a program that's won 30 games four times in the last eight years, including this year. Uh, they ran through their conference, and they made it to the NCAA tournament, and they won a first-round game as a 12 seed. So good for her. She was a starter all year long, and uh, it's cool to see her doing great things. Uh, Jordan Sullivan, the other one from the Lady Grizz, who was a, a great player here, obviously had to bear the burden of being Robin Selvig's niece. And... Uh, she was an assistant here at our alma mater for a handful of years. Decided to pursue a different opportunity. Landed at the University of Utah. And now they're in the Sweet 16 as well. So, uh, just cool to see. Jordan Sullivan, assistant coach, by the way, if I didn't mention that. So, just cool to see uh, those former Lady Grizz doing well. Take a little bit of an early break here. And we'll talk all things NBA 
Are the Warriors actually wasting Steph Curry's best season? Also, buy and sell for contenders over under teams that could actually win the NBA title. That's next. Keep it right here. NBA coming right at you. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Happy Tuesday. It's no one is now. ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. And the ESPN MT app. Hope you have a great day. This is the moment that Andrew has been waiting for. By the way, you just heard our uh, ad if you listen on the radio, but uh, if you're shopping for any and all sort of sports merchandise, Grizz gear, Cat gear, Montana Tech gear, visit teamuptop.com. And for a limited time, use the promo code ESPN5 at checkout. It's ESPN5. You're going to get $5 off all your purchases at teamuptop.com. Thanks to Uptop Clothing as a proud sponsor of our Bracket Challenge. By the way, go get signed up for our second chance bracket as well. Just go to ESPN.com, go to the Tournament Challenge, find the second chance, and then search ESPN MT 2023, and boom, there's our second chance group. Go get signed up there. We got some sweet prizes for you, including a first prize of a $250 gift card to Dazzler's Car Wash. Go check it out. Thanks to Up Top Clothing, Dazzler's Car Wash, all of our other great uh, tournament takeover and bracket challenge sponsorships. All right, I got to admit... Uh, I haven't watched that much NBA since we talked NBA, but I do listen a ton to NBA podcasts. I also must say, though, that I am um, such a disciple of Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, and they form so much of the way I think about the league because those are just the guys I listen to the most. But also, I've studied the history of the league more than any other of the professional sports leagues just because I find basketball characters to be captivating. So therefore, then biographies about basketball characters are very interesting. I read a great book uh, over the winter break called Golden Days, and it was all about sort of the parallel between Jerry West playing for the late 1960s and early 1970s Los Angeles Lakers, and then years later becoming an executive with the Lakers, and then years later using those same executive skills to help build the Golden State Warriors. And Jerry West was kind of the tie that binds between two of the best teams ever. I mean, if you're to name the top teams in the history of the NBA in terms of individual single-season success, it's probably the the 68-69 Philadelphia 76ers. That's the year Wilt Chamberlain averaged like 50 points per game and they won the, the championship. The early 70s Lakers team that won the championship when Wilt first got traded to LA, I think it's the 72 Lakers. Uh, the 86 Celtics have got to be in there. Uh, they were a, a high 60s win team. Of course, the 96 Bulls that won 72 games. 
And then the Golden State Warriors team that went 73-9, and the best regular season record ever. That's kind of like your top five. Those are the teams that won like 68, 69, 70 games. It's just interesting that Jerry West was a part of both of those. That's all to say, though, that I think there's a couple things that are tried and true in the NBA, at least to this point. And maybe this year, some of those narratives will change. But almost exclusively, no matter who you are in the NBA, as a player or a franchise, you must fail at a very high level before you can succeed. You must experience getting close and having heartbreak before you can get over the top. And it happened to pretty much everybody. The only real example of dynasties or, or great players that didn't have to do, go through this is the San Antonio Spurs, although David Robinson definitely had to go through his lumps in the 90s. But Tim Duncan, when he first got there, boom, he turned the Spurs into a perennial contender, and they won five titles over the span of 15 years. And it's one of the most like sort of long-term dynasties because they didn't necessarily rack them all up at once. They, they made it last for so long, and so much of that is a credit to Tim Duncan. But we've seen... So often, teams fall short, fall short, fall short, and before then they finally break through. Even Jordan's Bulls had to do it. You know, uh, Magic's Lakers are probably the other ones that didn't quite have to do it. They took their lumps before Johnson arrived, and then he was sort of the tipping point. But there's been so many different teams that they get get close, and then they fade away, or they get close, and then they break through, and then they dominate for a little while, and that's their moment in the sun. And uh, so I think that's why when I look at the NBA standings right now, I have a hard time believing that most of these teams could break through. The ones I do have belief in are ones that have been there before and have either broken through and won the championship or played for the championship or have gotten close to it and suffered heartbreak. Um, So first of all, I just want to start with the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Golden State right now is alone in sixth place in the West. They are 37 and 36. Uh, They have had all sorts of stuff going on this year, including Andrew Wiggins being out for most of the year. Steph Curry's been in and out of the lineup. Draymond Green has been out uh, for a significant portion of time this year as well. So, you know, they've, they've totally been banged up. But there's been sort of this narrative that uh, they're still the defending champs. Maybe they're going to figure it out. If they get in the playoffs, they're still going to be a contender. And uh, they still got to get it done and get into the playoffs. But sitting here with nine games left to play, if I was a betting man, I would still bet that the Golden State Warriors are going to be playing in the Western Conference Finals. And if you were to absolutely put my money where my mouth is, I would bet that the Golden State Warriors are going to win the West. Tell me why I'm wrong. Well, because they haven't shown it so far this year and because their road record has been atrocious and because they're not going to get home court advantage in the playoffs. It, it certainly all plays. I also was thinking about... Just all the things that make Steph Curry great and all the things that make Steph Curry so different. I mean, Steph Curry has only played in 47 of Golden State's 73 games played so far this year. But when he's been available, he's been tremendous. He's averaging uh, 29.9, so almost exactly 30 points per game. He's shooting almost exactly 50% from the floor, 49.8 to be specific. 43% from the three-point line and 90% from the free-throw line. So he's almost in that rarefied air of 50, 45, 90, which is like the sterling standard for shooting splits uh, in the NBA. But I was also just thinking about how Steph Curry has now been with Golden State for uh, for quite some time, uh, since 2009. So this is year 14. And he's gone through several coaches, uh, but Steve Kerr has definitely been 
you know, sort of the Phil Jackson to Steph Curry as Michael Jordan and uh, as as uh, Phil Jackson was to Michael Jordan, Steve Curry is that to Steph Curry. So that's been a huge part of his success. But I also think it's so interesting because no matter how much or little you follow the NBA, it's almost impossible if you're a sports fan, especially if you're on Twitter, to not follow the drama in the NBA. Well, there's almost never any drama about Steph Curry, and I think that's what makes him so great. Like, if there would have been all this trouble and all this ups and downs, and, you know, the Warriors were were flat-out god-awful a couple years ago, and then they came back and won a championship, and now they're sort of middling this year, you never hear Steph going off. If it's LeBron or Kawhi or whoever else, like, insert superstar name here, I feel like most superstars would be going crazy in the media over this all the time, and Steph Curry's not. He's just... Sometimes he's he's out, sometimes he's in, whatever, but he's never making drama, and I think that's one of the things that makes him um, so underrated and so valuable in my eyes. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's underrated. He's still considered one of the great players on the planet Earth. I mean, he is an all-time great first-team, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the highest-paid player in the NBA for a reason. But I just find it refreshing that he's not a part of the drama all the time. Um, all right, so, Andrew, let's play a little buy-sell. Um, are you buying or selling... The Warriors, then, as a repeat title contender. I'm buying them as a contender, yeah. You made me argue against you for a second there, but I actually I agree with you. I mean, they've got... This, I mean, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, if they're all healthy, they kept a bunch of the role players from last year's team, too. Andrew Wiggins is still around. Of course, Jordan Poole is still I, around. I mean, Wiggins looked like a, a, a all-NBA player for t- at times last year. Kevon Looney is still there. Yep. And, Kaminga is you know, a talented player. He's just so young. The flip side of their atrocious road record is that at home, they've been one of the best teams in the league. They're nearly unbeatable at home, 29-7. and seven. That, to me, still speaks to the ceiling that they have uh, as, as a title contender. I wouldn't say that they... I wouldn't go as far as you maybe saying that they're the favorite to come out of the West, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were in the finals this this summer. And I th- part of it just comes down to not believing in any of the other teams because the Nuggets actually do fit my narrative. Nuggets right now the number one record in the West, and they actually do fit my narrative of falling short. They haven't gotten to the ultimate fall short point. Like The ultimate fall short point is either losing in the conference finals in devastating fashion or losing in the finals. They've lost one round before that a couple times, but they've also had the devastation of losing a great player uh, during the playoffs when they lost Jamal Murray a couple years ago. But now he's back. Nikola Jokic, uh, it's unquestionable he's a great regular season player, but can he be a true you know all-NBA MVP-type player in the playoffs? That remains to be seen, but they actually do sort of fit my narrative of, of having fallen short before, so having the hunger to get over the top. The Grizzlies are just young, and they have not ever uh, had to o- overcome the, the pitfalls before. The Kings have just straight up never been there. The Suns are just a little bit old, but they do have now the addition of Kevin Durant. So I don't. And the Clippers are the team that I'm the most out on because when I've watched them this year, they just have been bad. And so, and then you know you have the Mavs and their Kyrie Irving trade, and that just hasn't worked. And the Mavs are stuck in seventh place. And I, the Mavs, I'm, I'm, I'm selling on the Mavs. I'm selling on the Clippers hard. Uh, I, I, I'm coin flipping the Suns. I'm selling the Kings super hard. And I don't know where I'm at with the Grizzlies. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll start. Let's continue there then. Are you buying or selling the Nuggets as a true Western Conference contender? Buying. Because, that I mean, this is the year they got to do it, Coulter. Uh, this is the year that, you know, Nikola Jokic going for his third straight MVP. He's been the favorite in that conversation for most of the year, although that's changing now. This is the year that you have to announce yourself. You know, you've been in first place in the Western Conference by. Uh, 
a couple of games. They haven't really been challenged right. at all over this regular season. This team reminds me a lot of that Suns team that won the West at two years ago and went sure. to the finals and lost to the Bucks. That just this is the year it's all coming together. They're getting Jamal Murray back. I love watching Jamal Murray and, and Jokic play sort of their their two man game. They're just so much fun to watch on offense. You got to remember, Coulter, Jamal Murray is one of the better playoff players oh, he in was all dropping, of basketball. I mean, he was dropping fifty in those get, duels when he was going against Donovan Mitchell. Amazing in the Jazz. how things can change, man. Yeah, like I thought that that was going to be like a guard duo of, uh, duel in the West forever, and then Mitchell gets traded to the Cavs, and and Murray blows out his knee, and and now we've been waiting for it for a couple of years. But Murray, now Murray's there for sure. I mean, I, 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 I'm with you on the Nugs. I think the Nugs are, are one of the only two teams out of the West you could really talk me into. The Grizzlies might have been the third, but then John Moran has just been acting like an idiot for the last little while. I just don't really know how that helps anything. You buy it or sell in the Grizz. They're the swing team for me, Coulter. So I'm I'm buying the Nuggets, I'm buying the Warriors, and I'm buying the Phoenix Suns, actually, now that they have Kevin Durant. I just don't think that you can count that team out with the talent that they have. The Grizzlies are sort of like the, the over-under three and a half. They're the team that I'm waffling on. You know, I guess it just it depends on how we define contention. The things that I like about the Grizzlies is they have an identity, right? They have an identity, and that identity is their attitude, right? They're young. They're up and coming. John Morant plays with an edge, of course. Dylan Brooks plays with an edge. Uh, you know, they've got Steven Adams. They're tough. Uh, they they play really great defense. I think they're either the best or second best defensive team in the Western Conference because you know they've got Jaron Jackson. Dylan Brooks plays hard nosed defense. Desmond Bain plays defense. I guess if you if you ask me to put my money where my mouth is, I would say that yes, I'm buying the Grizzlies as a team that wouldn't absolutely shock me if they won the title this year, which that? sounds crazy to say. It is, does sound a little bit crazy to say. It would utterly shock me if the Grizzlies actually won the title. It wouldn't completely shock me if they won the West. It would utterly shock me if they won the title. Yeah, if you win the West, you're contending, though. No, that's true. It's definitely true. Duan is now ESPN Radio, uh, NBA talk here on your Tuesday. Um, so here's where I'm at. Is there's for, for, my, for my little narrative that I got, the, the Warriors certainly fit it. The Nuggets are there as well. Then you got three teams in the East that absolutely fit it. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics, and the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers have been knocking on the door ever since they went tankapalooza for years and years and years, and uh, they've been close, but not close enough, especially considering some of the prodigious talents that they brought in. The Celtics are the, the, should be the hungriest in the group after losing, getting smacked around by the Warriors in the finals last year after having a great run to the NBA Finals. And then the Bucks. They're the ones that could say, well, the Celtics would have never been in the finals if it wasn't for our injuries, and the, the Bucks were uh, a, the NBA champion the year before that. So I, uh, if you're asking me buy, sell from the East, I'm buying the Bucks all day, first and foremost, but I do think that there's two other main contenders, and that's Boston and Philly. Buying all three of those teams, Coulter, I think Milwaukee has really made a statement sort of these last 10, 20 games after Chris Middleton comes back. And, of course, that's what they were waiting for sort of the whole season as Boston was getting out to that great start in the East. And people were saying, well, the Celtics are are the real number one contender, the top dog. Is it going to be the Celtics or the field? The Bucks were saying, well, wait until we get Chris Middleton back. 
And, you know, sometimes that's just talk, but they've been red hot since they've had their whole team healthy. Giannis Antetokounmpo's playing like an MVP again. I'm buying them. Uh, I, I love the Celtics. I love the 76ers. I think that's going to be a dogfight. I'm also kind of in on the Cavs. So tell me on the Cavs. Is it just because of the sort of the, their unorthodox lineup? I mean, they can go big. Spider Mitchell's definitely a superstar at this point. I mean, he's a great player. Uh, what, what is it about the Cavs that you like? Well, I love the fit between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. I think they've figured it out sort of really organically over the course of the season because that can be an issue, right? You got two small guards. Both of them like to have the ball in their hands, but, you know, Mitchell's the scorer. Darius Garland's the point guard. In the playoffs, you know that Donovan Mitchell can take over a game. And when you couple that with, Coulter, who's got the best defense in the NBA? Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. They're going to play Evan Mobley and Jared Allen on the floor together a lot of the time. Those two guys by themselves are a great NBA defense. You know, I, I think a lot of people are would be really surprised if they came out of the East. I can't, I can't take them off my list just because Donovan Mitchell and the defense. It's wild to me. And we were talking in the first hour of the show just about like what makes an NBA player. We were specifically talking about Raekwon Battle of Montana State and what makes him uh, have a, an opportunity, but also what, what makes him quite a ways away still in terms of true NBA aspirations. But I think that's one of the biggest changes is the league, the NBA, was a center's league for so long. From George Mikan through Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell up through Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And then in the 90s, when Michael Jordan sort of transformed the way that the game was looked at, it became way more of a guards league. And he still had great centers and and post guys like Tim Duncan and Shaquille O'Neal that certainly anchored championship teams. But there there was not nearly the, the quality of centers. You know, I mean, guys like Todd McCullough and, you know, Bryant Reeves and Bill Wennington were getting run in the NBA. Those guys are not the same thing as Joel Embiid. That's the thing that has transformed so much recently is the return of the center position. And it's because of guys like Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen and Clint Capella and these dudes that can just run rim to rim. But then you also have this sort of new evolution of center. I mean, Nikola Jokic is like nobody we've ever seen before. He's a true seven-footer, but he's like the best passer, one of the best passers in NBA history. And, uh, you know... That's not to mention guys where you splice them in like DeAndre Ayton or I don't know Sabonis considered a center. He's a pivot. He's a post guy for sure. That there's just like this new breed. Sabonis is a five. That's sort of what's unlocked him in Sacramento. Yeah, and and that's that's why then it's a whole new way of winning, right? Like it's 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 been for a really long time that a team like the Cavs has existed where they have an explosive backcourt, but also multiple rim protectors. That's the thing that, like you're saying, their defense, like they have so many ways they can kill you defensively because they have two guys that can rotate and hit the rim that can also guard on the perimeter. That's right. I mean, these guys are not, they're not new age centers, right? Neither no. of these guys are shooting threes. No, but they can guard on the perimeter. That's the thing. They're, they're new age centers on defense. They're switchable, especially Mobley, man. He's been so good. And I just, you know, the Cavs, are, they're seven games behind the Bucks right now. They have the second-best record in the West. They've got the fifth-best record in the entire league. For sure. All right, so over-under, four teams that could truly win the NBA title. I think we're defining it differently because I would yeah. say over. I'm, I'm taking the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers. I'm on all three. And then I'm also taking three teams easily in the West, Nuggets, Suns, 
and the Warriors yep. as having at least a, a 5% chance of winning the title. I don't know where how you're defining it, and I'm not sure exactly how I would line it out if you ask me for percentages on all these teams, but I think all of those teams have more than a puncher's chance to win the title, and like I said, I think the Cavs and the Grizzlies have arguments to be included in that group as well. So I'm over. If it's That's what makes the NBA playoffs so great, is that if you have one of the great players in the world and that guy goes nuts in the playoffs, you can win. And, and, it, just, and if you stay healthy, right? That's, that's such right. a huge part of it, too. But for sure. But, like, Kevin Durant has so, sort of, like, fallen outside of the conversation. He's, like, right on outside the glass looking in, tapping on the window. But KD could absolutely just average 40 points per game in a playoff series and just win a playoff series or two for you. I mean, Jason Tatum did this last year. I mean, he, KD damn near did it to the Bucks for the sure. They won the title. For sure. And I mean, Tatum was the perfect example of what I'm talking about, too. Like, he went nuclear during the playoffs last year and they got to the finals. John Morant could totally do that and get them to the finals as well with Memphis. So uh, I love it. I love uh, going back and forth about all this stuff. Um, and I already we already kind of touched on my last over-under, which was two teams from the West who could actually win the NBA title. I, I think you got me convinced that it is over that. Because uh, the Suns, right? The, the Suns are in there for sure. I, everybody's going to hate me, but if the Lakers make the playoffs, we'll see. They're, they're not going to, though. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually sort of having to come to terms with the fact that LeBron James, while still an outstanding player, especially for being in year 20 and 38 years old, he is not Superman anymore. He, 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 could, he is not in that category of guys that could just go nuclear and get you all the way to the finals like he once was. And that's uh, it's depressing for somebody of my age. But uh, it is, is what it is. Father time is undefeated no matter what. So I was now ESPN Radio. I get you all set up for the rest of the week right after this. Keep it right here. 102.9 FM ESPN Missoula. Colter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreis from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I have been playing Queens of the Stone Age for a little while here on the show. Yeah. And I always say, I wish they'd come back to Missoula. Or I said, I always say, I wish they would come to Missoula, period. Right. Then we get a text in the other day 
Coulter, the Queens of the Stone Age were here once upon a time, like 15 years ago. They played at the Wilma. I don't know how I missed. I probably because I didn't even really? know who they were yet. Yeah, I mean, right. I was you know I was a teenager uh, whenever this was occurring, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I they're to, cool. They're super cool, man. I want them to. Did come you back. know that the Beach Boys played here one time? Wow. Evidently, the Beach Boys were here. I don't know, 60s, 70s, 80s, but way back so when. So here, Tommy Evans joining us here on Nuanas now. They know who I am, yeah, Coulter. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Tommy basically runs the trail at this point. He's, That's uh, right. He's on the afternoons and the evenings, and he's still got his, his uh, weekly show, the new yeah, show from 6 right. to 7 every Tuesday. But uh, he is manning the afternoons for us for a little while. Got some people out on vacation enjoying their lives. and uh, Boy, I wonder what that's like. <laughs> But either way, this is the, the state of depression that's going on with Grizz basketball fans. On the Grizz basketball message board, there's a thread all about the best concerts to ever play at the Adams Center. Really? Because they don't want to talk about the uh, <laughs> the, the team. Uh, so that's where we're at. But there, all right. uh, Did you also know Fleetwood Mac was here? What? Once upon a time? You know, I met Mick Fleetwood one time. But I never, ever did see them uh, here in Missoula. I saw them at the Grand Garden Arena, though. Great show. Well, My favorite Adam Center show was uh, uh, Foo Fighters and and uh, Motorhead. Ooh, that's a good that one. That was sweet. So Andrew tells me that we got to get out early because we have the Kraken, Seattle Kraken broadcast coming up. So we're out in uh, 70 seconds. Tell people what's going on on the new show tonight. It's all songs inspired by pizza. It's all connected to my <laughs> new novel that I'm publishing in part with ChatGPT. <laughs> the Rise of Professor Pi from Dough to Derivatives tells the story of a young man who is an anthropomorphic I <laughs> can't even talk. Anthropomorphic pizza walking child who oh uh, uh, he, he, he finds his love of mathematics and becomes a professor at MIT in calculus. And so I have a whole set of music tonight that is math rock or, or based in food or recipes or the love of cooking in some form or fashion. This guy's the one who teaches me all about all this AI stuff. I'm still convinced it's going to be the end of humanity. He's convinced it's going to be the thing that saves us all. So Yeah, it is. Uh, we'll see. Go check out the new show at... Uh, 103.3 The Trail. 103.3 The Trail, Montana's Quality Rock. Uh, rocking from 6 to 7 right here on your Tuesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow. We got all sorts of NCAA tournament talk. Our good buddy Colby Dant from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network will join us, plus other, a bunch of other fine guests. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.